Hey, Purple Sunrise. I'm Nora Rhodes with K-State Research and Extension, and I can't wait to learn and grow with you today. Today, we're going to focus on conflict management. No chuckles. I know. Last time we were together here on Purple Sunrise, we talked about stress management. Now we're diving into conflict management. And you might be like, hey, whoa, it's the holidays. Why are we doing this? Well, for one, I think sometimes the best intentions of the holidays maybe surface these not so great components of our lives, but also because I think as a year wraps up, this provides a perfect opportunity to dissect conflict and stress so that we can really put a good set of strengths-based and solution-focused strategies and tools into our toolbox. We can carry that toolbox with us into the new year so that we can really feel rejuvenated and reach our full potential moving forward. Conflict happens. It is everywhere, right? It happens at work, at home, everywhere in between, in the nooks and crannies of our day-to-day life. Conflict is a natural experience because we approach day-to-day situations from many unique perspectives and with a variety of skills and talents. There's really no right way to deal with conflict. There's just a lot of things to consider as you put your toolbox for conflict management together. I mentioned this and I just really want to help you think of some of these strategies that might be helpful for you in dealing with conflict. These strategies can be applied at home, at work, everywhere in between, whether it's a coworker, a spouse, a child, amongst peers. Find what works for you and then build a positive toolbox so that you can conquer your fears in the new year. When we use the word conflict, we describe a discrepancy, a difference, a variance, or a clash. It is a natural part of life, something that no matter how hard we try, it is impossible to remove from our experiences. So think about that. Discrepancy, difference, Variance, clash. Conflict can be helpful or it can be harmful. A life without conflict is not progressive. It lacks understanding and growth. Let's say that again. A life without conflict is not progressive. It lacks understanding and growth. Do I need to say that louder for the people in the back? A life without conflict is not progressive. It lacks understanding and growth. Conflict challenges us to look at situations from different perspectives. It challenges us to make positive changes. Conflict can also be very harmful and painful. I get that. It doesn't have to be that. A life without conflict is not progressive. It lacks understanding and growth. Conflict, when managed with a strengths-based and solution-focused toolbox of strategies, is helpful. Let's take time to evaluate how you approach conflict and how your approach can improve relationships, attitudes, and your ability to be a positive role model for others, okay? So let's take a moment to think about a specific aspect of your life. You can think about a specific relationship, your work environment, somewhere you volunteer or spend a lot of time. Choose one aspect of your life to evaluate.
Now think about a conflict maybe that you dealt with in the past, you're currently dealing with, or that you anticipate dealing with. What signs told you that there was a conflict present that tell you a conflict is currently present or that are helping you anticipate said conflict? Think about your personal situation here. What signs? Is it something with your five senses that's giving you this alarm or awareness, this trigger that there's conflict happening? Is there something in your environment? Is it a very specific person that's the sign? They're like holding a sign or maybe they're like a walking billboard of conflict. What signs are telling you there was or there is or there soon will be conflict present? How did you deal with that conflict? If you're thinking of something in the past, how are you dealing with it? Or be honest with yourself. How will you deal with it? Just kind of let those thoughts race through your mind and think about that. How did you or are you dealing with that conflict? We're kind of getting that all out right now. What resources did you use? Maybe you have a specific person whom you really trust to help you work through conflict. Maybe there's a special place that helps you work through conflict. Skills. What resources did you use to deal with that conflict? Again, just kind of let those thoughts, those visuals, those answers to these questions. It's rhetorical. You don't need to tell me. Just kind of think about it. Now, ask yourself. Is this aspect of your life that you're envisioning right now, that you're reflecting upon, was that conflict helpful or harmful? Helpful conflict helps us be progressive. It helps us um, understand and grow. It challenges us to look at situations from different perspectives to make positive changes. Harmful conflict can be very painful. So in your situation, is it helpful or harmful? Now, what could you change in the future? That's really what we're going to dive in today is some skills and strategies that can help you think about how you might be able to change your approaches to increase the accessible tools in your toolbox so that you can change the trajectory of how this conflict impacts your life. Conflict's everywhere. It's in the nooks and crannies of our life. We can't get rid of it, but we can choose how we utilize that conflict to move forward in our lives. It's really hard in a podcast to kind of like see what you guys are all thinking out there. I want to make sure that you are focused on you and to be focused on what you can control. You cannot control other people's thoughts and behaviors. You only have a certain amount of control of the environment around you. So think about the things that you truly can control. You yourself, internally, and that immediately, immediate external environment around you that you have the ability to adjust. And then I don't want you to worry about that other stuff because that is really only able to be impacted by you through your ability to be a role model and a, an encourager, you have true a true grasp of how you deal with it personally. 
I want you to recognize that conflict is an opportunity to communicate. So how do you react? Think of that situation that you were pondering here a little bit ago. How did you react to that opportunity to communicate? I have a quote from Margaret Wheatley on my bulletin board that says, be brave enough to start a conversation that matters. Let me say that again. Be brave enough to start a conversation that matters. And I really think that when we are dealing with difficult or challenging times in our lives, we need to recognize it is an opportunity to communicate. We need to be brave enough to communicate. So how did you react to that situation that you were pondering? There's three different ways that we can react. Turn toward with our responses. We can turn away with our responses or we can turn against with our responses. Turning toward means that we invite that conversation, we welcome it, and we work through it. Turning away means that we ignore it. And turning against means well, exactly that. We kind of lash out against it. So let's say that you get a phone call from your partner. Hey, honey, sorry, I need to work late tonight. I was able to pick up an extra shift, and it's just really something that needs to happen for our family right now. I know we had plans tonight, but... I need to take advantage of this opportunity to finish up this project and finish take on this extra shift. Okay, I understand. I was really disappointed because I was really looking forward to going to dinner and watching a movie together, but I understand that the extra shift is going to put you ahead for the next couple of weeks, and so we'll just deal with it. Turn toward. That's turning toward. The next option is to turn away. So when your partner shares that they need to pick up this extra shift. Hey, did you watch that game last night? Wow, that came right down to the buzzer. It was so close. I cannot even believe it. And they won. They made it. The basket right at the end of the game. It was so sweet. Did you see that? Hello, I'm trying to tell you that I had to change my plans. My work schedule changed. And you want to talk about the basketball game right now? Turning away. Turning against. What? How can you change plans last minute? You know that we had plans. We had a date planned. We were going to do this. We were going to go to dinner. And then we were going to watch a movie. You always, always just Make decisions at the spur of the moment and then just expect me to go along with it. Turning against. Which one of these responses do you think is the most harmful to a relationship? So turning toward responses, those are the most healthy ways to deal with an opportunity to communicate. Turning against is not an ideal way to respond. Oftentimes it's the way we choose in a conflict. But what is more harmful is turning away from it, pretending like it didn't happen, that opportunity to communicate didn't happen, 
ignoring it, turning away from it. We need to be brave enough to have a conversation that matters, remember? So we need to turn toward or we need to turn against. We do not need to ignore these opportunities to communicate. We can't bury the hatchets and pretend like they don't happen. You know what happens. You know, you've always heard those stories. Don't put the cork on the bottle and just bottle it up. It will eventually uncork itself and explode. There is great power in positive talk. There is power in the tone of voice. So we don't want to, like, mumble our way through life. We want to seem assertive. We don't need to bark at someone, always using our teacher voice, per se. And But we don't need to mumble and, like, show lack of interest and enthusiasm in our conversations. And I know I'm talking in verbal right now, but you guys know as well as I do that there are ways to show assertive communication in a text message or emoji conversations, whatever mode of communication you're using. We need to make sure that we are being assertive with the tone of voice that we are choosing to engage in this opportunity to communicate, even if it's a challenging conflict. There is great power in listening. The purpose of listening is to understand. We don't listen to respond. So we want to make sure that we are listening with intent to understand the perspective and opinion of the person that we are talking to. There is great power in listening. There is also great power in timing. Now, that doesn't mean that we stack the cards in our favor and just attack someone during conflicting times. So maybe they're at a vulnerable point of the day or an overly busy time of the day and they can't truly engage in that opportunity to communicate with their full attention. That's taking advantage of someone. The power of timing is being able to observe and assess the situation and choose when to have crucial conversations and choosing where to have those crucial conversations. We shouldn't ignore these conversations completely during conflict, but recognizing when it's appropriate appropriate to start that conversation so that you can truly listen and engage and understand and have turning toward responses, you know, back and forth, and we can work through it in a solution-focused fashion is important to consider. And there is great power in respect. Expect respect. It's kind of where that golden rule comes in. Treat others how you want to be treated. So if you choose an assertive tone of voice and if you choose to listen to understand, if you choose to respect the power of timing, to respect someone's dignity and their perspective and opinions, then you have the expectation to also receive that same respect, but you have to give it to receive it. It's a good idea to start with something positive before bringing up a problem. So if you can start to feel those signs of conflict, think of something positive before bringing up a problem. So we all want to spend time together as a family during the holiday season. Like that's really important to us to be able to put down the gadgets, to be able to put down the stressors of work life and just be able to truly enjoy the presence of our loved ones. We all want this. So when you are on your phone while we're preparing the meal to gather around together, I feel like you are not really prioritizing the value 
of our relationships together. Because when we can't truly engage with each other, we can't build memories and we can't build and recognize and celebrate the strengths of our relationships that will carry us through the next year. So if I'm really wanting to talk about, you know, the timing of the gadget showing up during our gathering, I really want to preface it by bringing up things that we all agree upon, shared values, shared goals, shared visions. Start with something positive before bringing up a problem. It's important to protect our relationships. So as I talk about this, um, think about a piggy bank. Visualize a piggy bank and think about how you put coin by coin into that piggy bank to save, to build up that savings. And sometimes we might need to take a coin out to pay for something. But if we continue to put more in that while we're taking out, our savings is going to still be pretty strong. So as we're protecting our relationships, let's think about that. It takes five positive interactions to each negative interaction. So we need to make sure that we are protecting our relationships with more positive than negative. Compliments, encouragement, support. Be thinking about all of those things that feed the piggy bank, which is your relationship. Opportunities and times that we spend connecting with each other. Confidence in each other. Competence, you know, doing what you say you're going to do to contribute to that relationship. Caring for each other. All of these things feed your piggy bank. Kindness. When that conflict seeps into our life, and we have to face that conflict with our relationship, that negative interaction or that argument or that disagreement is not going to harm our overall relationship. If we have spent more time investing positive protections into our relationship, than we are negative investments into that relationship. That's really how you can make sure that that conflict is progressive and helpful for your relationship and not something that sucks the life and vision out of your relationship. I really want to dig into some rules for constructive conflict that I came across from the National Resource Center for Healthy Marriage and Families. They have a great fact sheet called Strong Families Tips for Healthy Conflict Management. And so I'm going to use this resource to kind of walk through five rules for constructive conflict that they lay out really well. This tool can be great whether you are in an intimate relationship with someone, whether it's a student-to-student peer relationship or a workplace relationship or sibling, parent-to-child, friend-to-friend, neighbor-to-neighbor. Conflicts don't just happen in romantic relationships. They happen where we live, where we work, and where we play. Conflict is natural. Everyone experiences it in our daily lives. No one is perfect. No one agrees on everything or gets along with every each other all the time, okay? That's a reality. We know that to be true. We need to focus on these rules for constructive conflict so that our responses don't spiral out of control. That a simple disagreement, again, becomes a positive or a way to understand or better strengthen our relationships versus the opposite of spiraling out of control. The first rule is to not do not send destructive messages. 
In the heat of the moment, destructive conflict, it can creep into disagreements. Always remember that these types of destructive messages will only make things worse, never better. They will only make things worse, never better. Criticism. Criticism involves attacking your partner to portray yourself as being right and the other person as being wrong. This means that you are using statements such as, you always, you never. Statements with these phrases are rarely accurate and we should avoid using them. Criticism, uh uh-uh, destructive. Defensiveness is another destructive message. This happens when you see yourself as the victim who's being attacked through the conflict. You may think, oh, the problem is not me, it's you. Defensiveness may include making excuses, denying responsibility, and sarcasm. Although these reactions might be normal, defensiveness will keep you from being able to deal with the issue at hand because you are not open to suggestions or trying to understand the other person's perspective. Contempt. Contempt involves attacking and intentionally putting the other person down through name calling. You're fat. You're ugly. You're stupid. Lazy. Or body language. Sneering. Eye rolling. Curling that upper lip. Rude gestures. Contempt is the most toxic and destructive way to try and deal with a conflict. Another message we want to avoid is stonewalling. This is the whatever moment in the relationship when one person stops caring and they just completely check out by refusing to communicate. These are messages that we want to avoid. If it happens every once in a while, and we have that five to one ratio well preserved in our relationship, That criticism or that defensiveness, that contempt or that stonewalling that happens every Greek once in a while is not going to overall harm your relationship. But if that is the constant habit of your relationship, the way that you communicate, you're not having a conversation that matters. You're having a very destructive conversation that spiraled out of control and that conflict has now become very harmful and painful. So this pulls into rule number two, soften your startup. If you have something important that you want to talk about, don't start the conversation by immediately attacking the other person. Use a softer startup to help the other person feel less defensive and more willing to talk. So you kind of build a framework for using strengths-based and solution-focused strategies to deal with the conflict at hand. If you feel too angry to discuss something calmly, don't discuss it at all until you've calmed down. So let's talk about some soft startup things. So this has to do with that timing, you know, being able to think about timing and to set the stage for being able to dig into that conflict and to work through it so that it doesn't spiral out of control. Complain, do not blame. Complain, don't blame. No matter how wrong you feel, you're the other person is, don't approach them with criticisms. Try saying, well, let's take this scenario, for example. It's so frustrating when we always forget to take the trash out on time. We're always missing trash morning. How can we remember to make sure that we get it out on time in the future? Instead, 
I can't believe you forgot to take the trash out again. You are so forgetful. That's blame. We don't want to do that. Instead, we want to say, you know, it's frustrating when we forget trash day. We forget to take the trash out on time. How can we remember to get it out on time in the future? We're complaining about the situation, but we aren't blaming the other person for being the problem in the conflict. We also want to make statements that start with I instead of you. When you start statements with I, you don't put the other person into a defensive position where they're not, they're not going to be like pushed into this blindsided, caught off guard type of experience and get defensive. So when you focus on starting your statements with I, you are taking responsibility for that conflict and you're starting a conversation. You're opening the window to explore and to take advantage of that opportunity to have a conversation. So instead of saying, um, you're not listening to me, which is like very forceful, you would say something like, I don't feel like you're listening right now. You're not skirt tailing your concern, but you're recognizing that it's your preference and a perspective and opinion and you're taking ownership for that. I don't feel like you're listening right now. And that gives the other person an opportunity to respond to confirm maybe you're right or to say, well, I actually have a deadline that I'm working on right now. Can we discuss this after lunch when I'll have more time to really focus on the issue at hand? Or if you say, oh, you don't listen to me, then that person's going to be like, throw their hands up and they're going to kind of put up the jail bars and not want to utilize that opportunity to have a conversation. The third rule is to soothe yourself And to encourage the other person to soothe themselves, too, because if we're in a conflict, all of the parties involved need to be able to be focused on self-care. So what does soothing yourself mean? It's kind of like fluffy and a fancy terminology, but really what it means is to be able to stop, to breathe, and to think. So stop means that we give ourselves permission to slow down and to recognize if there is a conflict that we need to deal with. Breathing means that we are getting oxygen into our body. We're pushing out all of the toxins. We're filling our body with the fuel and the energy that it needs to make good choices. We need to utilize our all of our organs and to get our brain functioning as a whole and not just as in a survival mode when we aren't breathing deeply. When we aren't breathing deeply, which is often what happens, we take short breaths when our emotions start to um, take over us and we get a lot of anxiety and our stressors start to alarm us. We start to function in this survival mode. So that encourages us to flight, fight, or freeze. So there's different, I've dealt, I talked about that when we talked about stress management in previous Purple Sunrise podcast but so breathing helps us utilize our entire body to approach that conflict so that we have we can use our entire toolbox instead of just one tiny piece of it and think through so that we um, are thinking objectively and we are uh, fighting fairly okay so sometimes we're disagreeing and we're conversing and we are working through that conflict in a way to understand and to be progressive and to think about things in a strengths-based and solution-focused manner. I say that a lot. 
soothing yourself. This could be something like thinking of that timing again. Do you need to take a timeout? A lot of people think timeouts are just for toddlers, but timeouts are for everyone. And this really allows us to stop and to separate us from the emotions of the conflict so that we can objectively deal with it again in that strengths-based and solution-focused manner. Um, this can be something like, you know, um, taking a moment to, to write things down. Sometimes, you know, like I'll just need to write stuff out and then I just need to wrap it, wrap up that piece of paper and throw it away. I just need to get it out in a safe place. This can be going to a quiet room and doing a silent scream or screaming into a pillow or going for a run, walking around the block, doing something to recognize and acknowledge the emotions that are tied to that conflict but not allowing the emotions to own the conflict. Allowing your objective self to utilize your entire toolbox to deal with that conflict versus just letting it spiral in a direction where you don't have control. That's what it means to soothe yourself. The other thing with soothing yourself means to recognize the good. Conflicts can overtake us, but when you think of that five to one ratio, there is more good in our life than there is bad. So just even like doing a mental pro and con list and saying, you know, like, let's remind myself of the good things in my environment or in this relationship. Remind myself of the good so that the bad or the hard and the challenging do not overtake me. And I forget that it is okay to be solution focused and strengths focused through that. So that is our third rule of constructively working through conflict. The fourth rule is to compromise. You don't always have to have things your way. Take other people's preferences and opinions seriously. Resist the urge to be defensive and respectfully listen to others. Expect respect. Remember, compromise is, in fact, a two-way street. It is reasonable to expect other people, so those involved in that conflict, to consider your own opinion and preferences, but you can't just like force your opinions and preferences on others without accepting to hear, to truly genuinely hear and seek to understand other people's opinions and preferences. And kind of once you get all of those opinions and preferences onto the street, you can work in the two-way road fashion, follow the roadway, the roadblocks, the stop signs, and, you know, kind of think of all your street smarts and work through that in rush hour, which is that moment of conflict where you kind of feel like the climax is happening. And if you truly and genuinely believe in compromise, you will be able to find a solution that may not be exactly what you want, may not be exactly what the other person wants, but is something you can both rally behind and it will be a positive progression for the good of the whole. Now let's think about our fifth rule for constructive conflict. Accept and forgive. Individuals in healthy relationships accept differences and forgive each other when appropriate. Understand that no matter how many similarities you and your people, the other people, that whether it's your workplace or at home or, or where you volunteer, no matter how many similarities you share, you will have some differences of opinion. And that's OK. That's what makes relationships vibrant. How boring would it be if we were all clones and cookie cutters of each other? Choosing to forgive can strengthen your family 
It can strengthen your relationships. It can strengthen your workplaces. Communicating forgiveness is also important. We can't just make assumptions of forgiveness and then secretly be holding a grudge about it because that's not using that conflict in a positive way to progress your relationship. Okay, that's like hiding the sword with the intent of bringing it out later. That's not forgiveness. I also want to think about patterns here. If you are in a relationship and someone has a pattern of saying hurtful things during an argument and they expect forgiveness immediately after, like, I'm going to treat you poorly and you better forgive me. And that is the pattern. This could very well indicate a more serious issue. Verbal, emotional, or physical abuse is never part of a healthy conflict or a healthy relationship. Verbal, emotional, or physical abuse is never part of healthy conflict or healthy relationships. You can contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline. It is a 24-7 hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. Again, that's 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. Verbal, emotional, or physical abuse is never, absolutely never part of a healthy conflict or a healthy relationship. Purple Sunrise community, I just really hope that, you know, you are able to dig and reflect into all of this. Relationships are important. The people we live with, we work with, and we play with, we volunteer with, we do life with, they are important. We need to be able to work through the challenging times with those important people in our lives in a constructive and positive way so that conflict does not hinder our relationships, doesn't spiral our relationships in the wrong direction. We want to inspire our relationships. And that, with that mindset, we can truly accomplish everything that we want. And I think that's why I chose to dig into conflict management here as we wind down the year, because that way we can really bring that inspiration and that commitment and empowerment into the new year, into those resolutions and then those goals and those action plans so that we're truly an army. You know, we can be stronger together. We're an army, a group, a family, a united front versus feeling like we're on an island and that we're spiraled and, and can't ever come up and get a, a you know, we're drowning. We, we can't ever come up and get a fresh breath and fresh start. So again, no one's perfect, but let's feed our toolboxes with solution focused and strengths based tools in order to be the best that we can be. 